this is day six in the bunker and welcome back to the dunker bunker podcast all right welcome welcome back for the the first real episode in far too long this is not an emergency pod this is actual honest to goodness basketball talk with my basketball bros this is gonna be electric i i guarantee that much uh sorry there's still no guest uh it's harder to get guests when you're overseas and the time zone differences are what they are but alas we have i i have a very interesting podcast planned i I feel I feel like it's interesting. I think you're gonna like it. We this is the first mailbag episode in Dunker Bunker history, um, and we got lots of questions, lots of interesting ones. Um, I'm splitting it into three sections. I'm gonna talk about the 2022 NBA season, uh, questions people had about how I think the season's gonna go. Also, any 2022 rookies. I'll be talking about them then the 2023 NBA draft and really just all current draft talk uh even the more like philosophical ones I'll be putting in there and then at the end uh the dessert the cherry on top the miscellaneous section uh so that should pop the frick off so yeah I can't wait to dig into these questions because they look scrumptious uh oh but before we do Quick editor's note, I recorded this, all, all the answers to the questions before the D-League Ignite uh, Wimbenyama games. I'm not going to try to say his French team's name. But, so when I talk about Leonard Miller and City Kisoko, uh, it's without their play from this season that we know of so far. Just to be completely clear but yeah no more dilly dally no more yakking let's let's get into this thing the first question in uh the current nba season section uh, is my personal favorite question that we got Uh, it's from westbrook is goat on fanspo uh all my questions are from fanspo so i won't say that every time um why doesn't jabari smith jr have superstar upside And I'm tackling this first because I think understanding why I don't think Jabari Smith Jr. has superstar upside helps you understand my entire draft philosophy. Um, Because on face value, he fits into the Happy Gilmore philosophy of having just an outlier skill and then building from there. Because he's an outlier shooting prospect at his size, but draft uh, musings are never that shallow. Uh, I like the Happy Gilmore philosophy because it helps whittle, whittle down who I should scout and care about. But when trying to comprehend who's going to be a superstar at the next level, there's more work that needs to be done, obviously. Um, and one thing that you almost always need to be a superstar at the next level is elite creation abilities. For yourself, 
or for others, although they, they usually go hand in hand. And Jabari Smith Jr. is an excellent shooter. He's an excellent defender, and he is apparently six foot eleven now. Um, but his creation abilities leave a lot to be desired when you're thinking, "Oh, this is a player that I want to build a franchise around." Um, there were some Kevin Durant comparisons floating throughout the space. Uh, during the 2022 cycle. But there's a major difference between those two players. Like, they're both tall and they both shoot. But Kevin Durant has such... is a complex handle that Jabari Smith doesn't have. His handle's pretty pretty basic. And his athleticism sometimes gets overlooked. I mean, of course, his hang dribble uh, emphasizes his standstill burst but it's still a fair bit ahead of of Jabari um so when you're thinking in a playoff scenario like I need a player to go get me a shot be it for him or be it for a teammate like Jabari has one part of that covered he's a excellent difficult shot maker but when difficult shots when you're taking them out of necessity, uh, they become less and less appealing. Like, I'm not comparing anyone to Michael Jordan here, but it's just a good example to understand difficult shot making. Uh, his advantage creation was insane. He can get to the rim whenever he wanted. He had such a wide array of counters, but he could also hit the difficult shots. So when everything fell apart he had that in his in his arsenal um and Jabari just doesn't he has the one gear that I hope expands I hope that eventually be able to get to the rim I hope that he gets more athletic but as of now he's pretty slow off the dribble um his handle is pretty simplistic he's not an excellent passer or anything that was one of that was one of his weak areas on offense and then on defense, I'm hearing some parts of Rocket's Twitter call him a future DPOY candidate. Uh, and I agree, his lateral quickness for someone that size is spectacular. But I don't think, I think sometimes his potential rim protection could get overrated because that same lack of explosion translates to defense. He's, I don't think he's ever going to be a primary rim protector. I think he's much better suited to play the three and to play the five. Um, and I mean, the player that I'm describing is still exceptional. I still had him. I had him at six. And that's, that's not an insult at all. When compared to consensus, it's lower, but you're only going six in the NBA draft if you're an amazing player. Um, I I think... A Macau Bridges is one of his high-end outcomes with a little bit better shooting, which is awesome. Uh, every team wants a six foot eleven Macau Bridges, um, someone who can fill gaps, someone who can hit the open shot. Uh, the thing about Jabari is that he doesn't necessarily have to be open uh, and play tight, uh, well-connected defense. Um, but I wouldn't call that player a superstar because when it comes down to it, 
he's not creating high efficiency looks at as high uh, a percent as as often as you would like a superstar player to do. And then that factors into my draft philosophy because advantage creation is basically the number one thing I look for in an offensive player. Advantages from insane rim pressure, advantages from insane playmaking reads, advantages from uh, crazy fluidity at at um, a large size. There's a lot of different types of advantage creation, and I don't really think that Jabari hits any of them. He'll have he'll be an excellent NBA player for a very long time. He'll be starting on playoff teams for a decade and a half. Uh, but I don't think Superstar is in his future. And I hope this makes sense. Westbrook is GOAT. And if it doesn't, let me know. Because I'm probably going to be talking about this topic later uh, in, in, the, in the future. So let me know if you need some clarification. Next up is a little bit more positive of a question. I, I, I don't love talking about why I don't think a player will meet expectations. Um, but, I mean, it's a draft podcast. I will. I'll have to do that at some point. Uh, but next is from Mohid Hassan. I think that's how you say the name. Who do you think will have the best career out of the 2022 NBA draft class? And the answer is Chet. It's Chet Holmgren. I had him uh, number one before before the draft. Nothing's happened that would change my mind. I mean, if anything, it'd only get further. There would only be a bigger gap between him and number two because I saw what he did at Summer League firsthand, and it was it was something to behold. Um, I feel like, not to try to read your mind, but this question may be coming because he's trying to see how worried I am about his injury. Um, and the answer is I'm not. It stinks that he's not going to play this year. Because I, I think that the Thunder had, like, some sleeper potential of, like, being a actual positive NBA team. But it's a freak, freak injury. From what I can understand is it's like seeing, let's say, Apollo got in a, in a car accident uh, in in a after a pro-am game um it's the same and people were like oh look at paulo he's he's injury prone it's the same level of adjusting expectations you don't uh chet's injury has nothing to do with his size chet's injury was him falling on his foot weird and it sucks that it happened but it could have happened to anyone just like a random one-off car accident could. Um, I mean, there's a chance, from what I understand, that it can lead to worse problems down the line. But that's not 100%. I've heard it's like foot arthritis. Um, but in some scenarios. I'm not changing my Chet pick, because for one, we haven't seen much of any of the 2022 draft guys. And for two... I'm not a doctor and don't have enough info 
to diagnose with the level of information that we as the public have. So my answer is Chet Holmgren. And then next up from Normal Kings fan, he is a couple, so we'll go over all of his right now. Uh, what is your sleeper team coming into the year? And we kind of went over that before. I was thinking Thunder before the Chet injury because he would have had positive impact right away. But now uh, it's tricky because I'm trying to like gauge where everyone else is on these, on these teams. But I think I'd say the New Orleans Pelicans are my sleeper team coming into this year. That may be uh, not a hot pick for a – I mean not a hot pick as in not a hot take for a sleeper team. I think a lot of people are getting on the bandwagon – after seeing the rehabilitated Zion Williamson. But I, th- they have a lot of guys who I'm just higher on than consensus. Like, I wouldn't be shocked this year if Zion wins MVP. I wouldn't be shocked if he gets, like, 30 points a game, nine rebounds, um, like 65% true shooting. Um and those are the players that fuel good teams. And the thing is the Pelicans were already a good team. I think sometimes we get a little overexcited based on their playoff stuff against the Suns because that wasn't how the whole year was or else they would have been a higher seed. But they have a great mix of established veteran talent uh, with young pieces that are only going to get better and young pieces that don't need a system catered around them for their development. They have guys who you can just plug and play. Uh, Herb Jones, you could put him in any lineup and he'll make a positive impact. Coming into this year, I think a similar thing can be done with Dyson Daniels. I don't know if he's going to be a point guard. I don't think he will. I think he's going to be a very rich man's connective wing uh, with his passing, uh, his defense, his ability to fit in any scheme, guard, most one through fours, not right away. None of this is right away soon, and we'll get a taste this year depending on the injury. Uh, Trey Murphy did not get – he was quietly like a positive player for them for a lot of – last year he's only going to get better and he's another player who you can play with all of your guys Trey Murphy is a wonderful fit with all of their veteran talent veteran as in their four best players uh CJ Brandon Zion and Jonas Valanciunas um so I'm saying like if the if it all breaks right for them and it would take a lot and for opinions like these I wish I had a co-host who could tell me that I'm being stupid I could see them going all the way I could see Zion it just clicks for him and then he is the power forward version of Shaq I could see Herb Jones take a little leap he's then he's consensus 
all defensive team and will be for the next for the next decade. I could see CJ fitting more into a point guard role. I could see Ingram kind of maintaining what he did in the playoffs last year. Valanciunas continuing to be the player that he's been for a long time. And then the other guys who are just littered all over the bench, the Larry Nances, the Jackson Hayes, the... Oh, what is this dude's name? I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. Um, okay, this is embarrassing. He's, he, he's like an energy wing on the Pelicans bench who I've liked for a long time. Uh, what on earth? Okay, I'm, I mean, I'm going to cut this out, but this is ridiculous. New Orleans Pelicans, I mean, they have Jose Alvarado as well, just energy off the bench. Najee Marshall, Najee freaking Marshall. I remember Najee Marshall. They have guys that are playoff players. When the game slows down, they're in a half-court defensive scenario they have guys that are going to grit their teeth and get it done. So, yeah, I could see him being a top three seed coming into the, at the end of the year and potentially making a run in the playoffs. So the Pelicans are my sleeper pick for the 2022 season. And the next two I'll answer uh, back-to-back, both the best pick of the 2022 draft and which NBA player do you want to meet one day? Both of these from normal Kings fan. The answer to both is Tari Eason. Um, I think Tari, it wasn't like quite the best value pick as in how many picks he was taken behind where I had him on my board. It was, it was up there. I had him at five at the end of the year. and He was picked at 17. But when you combine value with team fit, it is something to uh, behold. Uh, I think he fits amazingly well with a future Jabari Smith, uh, Alperin, Sengun frontcourt. I liked Sengun in the 2021 pre-draft process, and I still like him now, but I admit there you have to kind of work around him when constructing a lineup and i think the team defense that you get from tari is one of potentially he's one of the few guys that makes a sengun lineup viable because he can do a lot of that five that that center stuff on defense he can protect the rim he can get boards he can play tough when Sengun isn't playing tough. Um, so I think from a fit-wise, it's ama- amazing. From a, um, a value-wise, it's almost as good. Uh, I watched basically every LSU game last year. They were the team. I watched one of them, and I was hooked. So every Saturday, I sat down in front of my TV, and I watched – the LSU game live. Uh, I didn't care what else was playing. I was watching LSU. They were very frustrating. 
I got way too emotionally invested in the shortcomings of Efton Reed. But it meant I got to watch Tari Eason every, every week. And it was spectacular um, because he plays 100 miles per hour all the time and he has the physical tools and raw skills to make that viable in creating a positive and making a good basketball team. Um, Every time there was any self-creation flashes with Tari, I was jumping out of my seat and I think... Like, potentially, I don't know how Houston's going to be with unlocking those. So they got some creators. But you'll also have spacing around him. Um, like, when he's playing with KBJ, Jalen, let's say Eric Gordon, and Jabari, you'll have infinitely better spacing than anything he saw at LSU. LSU was cramping his style uh, on offense, because on defense, they totally unlocked him with their aggressive style. But on offense, it was it was rough to watch sometimes, especially when there wasn't Xavier Pinson to kind of run an offense, because that was another problem, is he was also the best passer on the team. Um, I was wishing that there was just another Tari to pass to Tari, uh, and not just Xavier Pinson who's out for a lot, a lot of the season, or Eric Gaines, who threw, for every good pass, he threw two bad ones. It was rough to watch. So I'm really excited to watch Houston. I think Tari was the best pick in the 2022 draft, and I would be very excited if I got to meet him one day. Uh, maybe, I'll bring him, maybe I'll bring him on the podcast. Get me to freaking 100,000 listeners, and I'll, I'll shoot my shot. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's a, that, that's feasible. I, I've seen what Fansbo can do. Um, 100,000, make it happen. Uh, and then finally, to end off, oh, the other best pick, if I'm not going to say Tari, is one that doesn't get talked about. Maybe I'm not understanding how bad his injury is, but A.J. Griffin to the Hawks is, like, bizarrely good. The fit is wonderful. It's just... One of the best shooting prospects we've seen in a little while, who I trust to play good defense at the end of the day, not this year, but in the future. He'll he'll be so good with Trey Young, it's actually insane, with his off ball play and his size on the wing and the flashes of self creation. Uh and it it hurts me to say this because there's no reason the Cavs shouldn't have like he was there he was there for them and he's the perfect three for their future and I, I thought it then I'm thinking it now but if they picked AJ Griffin at 14 instead of Ochai AJ Griffin's the one coming to Utah in the Donovan Mitchell trade and I would have been so much happier about that trade if we got someone that I think I had at seven before the draft I think someone that could be a huge, huge building block for our future. So that one hurts to say, but A.J. Griffin was another awesome pick. And now finally to end off the current NBA season section, the grudge asks how, if I'm worried about the Jaden Ivey injury, no, I have no reason to be. No one said 
that is worrying. From what I can tell, Ivy said it was nothing major. He's getting back into playing shape. Uh, and it wasn't like he got a, attacking the rim. It was on a closeout. He landed on someone's foot. I, I, I think it was a fluke one-off thing. I'm not worried about the Jaden Ivy injury. All right, it is it is that time. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. 2023 NBA draft questions. It feels like we've taken far too long to get into this subject for a for an NBA draft podcast. Maybe I should branch out. Maybe I should just be a basketball podcast at this point. Because we don't do that much NBA draft talking here. We will in the future. That's still what I plan to talk about mostly, but we're just having fun. But let's get into it. 2023 NBA draft. We'll start with the questions from uh, respected scout, uh, Am Damond. That's a name that I never said out loud. I've only ever read it, so it felt kind of weird. Thoughts on Anthony Black's advantage uh, slash self-creation? How does it translate for him uh, and impact his eval? It, that is a very interesting question about a very interesting prospect. He's one that I really like. I, I feel confident I'm going to have him lottery. Maybe that's a sneak peek in my answer. I, I, I like his advantage creation well enough. Uh, his assertiveness is a lot worse, in my opinion. But how he creates advantages by getting to the rim, I think is pretty solid. Um, his burst is pretty sneaky, but it's good. Uh, he gets by guys, one crossover, gets by guys, and then he's super physical on his drives. He holds guys off really well, puts them in jail. He's not afraid to bump into his defenders, not afraid to bump into the dude in the paint. I, I like when he says to himself, I am going to get to the rim on this possession. He often does. Like, I've seen him go against high caliber prospects like Dariq Whitehead. I have some issues about him, but when he's locked in, he's a pretty dang good man-on-man defender. And Black kind of dusted him. I, but I do think that the self-creation only goes so far when you don't have the assertiveness to go with it. Far too often, it feels like he'll pass up drives that he could take. Far too often, it feels like he's not utilizing his burst and his positional size. Um... And that does impact his eval a lot for me because it makes me think that maybe he's not a full-time point guard and more more so follows the Dyson Daniels, right, of becoming a connective wing, which would be great. I, I think there's some similarities to Dyson. I think he's more similar to Dyson than, than Giddy, but that's just me. Uh... Okay, and then the question was, how was his advantage slash self-creation? I think his advantage creation is better than his self-creation. I don't think they're the same thing in this scenario. I don't ever trust him to 
create a pull-up mid-range look for himself. He's stiff when he's pulling up for, for jump shots. So when he's creating for himself in that way, it's not great. But when he's creating advantages, and the best advantage is rim pressure, I think he's really solid. Uh, and it translates, his eval is, you don't quite know his role because of all this, which sucks. Uh, maybe it'll get cleared out once we see him play more with with Arkansas. We see how they use him, if they use him as a full-time point guard, and we see if he thrives. But that's my two cents on his, uh, Anthony Black's advantage self-creation. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about him more in the future. I'm planning on doing a like a top ten lot slash lottery run through before the college season really gets underway, and I'm sure he'll be in be included in that group. Uh, so yeah, I hope that answers your question. And the next couple for he asked about City uh, Kiseko Kisoko. And if you read my post asking for questions, I gave myself an exit clause. I said, I reserve all rights to say, I don't know. And about City Kisoko, I do not know. I don't know how to say his name, and I haven't watched any of his game. Uh, the idea of him as a prospect is good, as a rangy wing with guard skills. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and I hope it works in the G League Ignite. Because uh, there's a lot of interesting self-creators on that team. But I actually, I haven't watched any of them. I hope to watch some of him, like, this week. Because, like, the Scoot-Wemby game is this week. We get to watch all of those dudes this week. That really snuck up on me. Uh, But, yeah, that is how I'm feeling on... City, the next two guys I'm not experts on by any means, but I've seen a lot more of them than City. He asked about Tyrese Proctor and Nikola Durisic. And I'll start on Durisic. I know more about him. I I like him as a prospect. I I don't know where I'd put him. I think there are a lot of Evan Fournier vibes, and I don't mean to do a white-on-white comparison because I know that's lazy, but there are a lot of Evan Fournier vibes. Like, not amazing burst or quickness. Sometimes it's underrated, as I think it is with Evan Fournier. But his best skill is crazy, like, perimeter shot making, uh, be it off the catch or off the bounce. I think he's great at both, and... I think Evan Fournier is great at both. People don't give Evan Fournier enough respect. He's still a positive NBA player. He's just being paid way too much. Um, his The athleticism really does worry me. He's against like high-tier athletes. He feels like he's kind of sped up. He doesn't... He's a lot better when he's operating against people who are at a similar level of, of athleticism. And that's not groundbreaking analysis. You can say that about anyone who's not super athletic. But it feels like it's easier to interrupt his flow than other dudes who kind of fall into the similar archetype of prospect. 
His defense is all right. He's smart and he's strong. And I think that's all you really need to be a positive or at least average NBA defender at at one point. But I have my I have my worries as in the self-creation like without a screen attached isn't great. The playmaking is just all right at this point. He's very inconsistent as a passer. A lot of uh, Nikola Jovic vibes with his passing. Interestingly enough, they played on the, the same squad. But yeah, that's where I'm at with Durasic right now. I expect I'll have him first round, but he's a candidate to fall. Sometimes he's better. He's better in theory than he is in actuality. Proctor, I haven't, I mean, I haven't seen very much of Proctor. So this is operating more, very limited sample size. But it'll be very interesting to see how he does with Duke. I, uh, because I don't know if he's a lead ball handler, because his ball handling is actually not that good. It's very loose, because the highlights of him ball handling are great when his crossovers work and he doesn't fumble it, he creates so much space. But that only happens here and there. Uh, he's another guy who I think plays guard at a lower level where guys can't take advantage of his flaws, but will play as like a connecting wing at a higher level, which isn't a bad thing. It just lowers his upside. Like a little bit. So I think he has the ability to be a high-level NBA player, but maybe not a high-level NBA point guard. The flashes, though, are there for just about every one of his skills. His shot-making is super impressive. Um, his defense isn't anything to scoff at. Like, he can lock up when he wants to. Uh, Duke's incoming freshman class when they want to are gonna they're gonna make like hard for opposing offenses with Proctor and Whitehead and Lively who's gonna be just an insane college defender in my opinion and even Filipowski in college with the limited spacing and he'll be guard he's gonna do really well on that end as well but back to Proctor I mean Again, I haven't seen that much of him, so take this with a grain of salt. But, yeah, those are my thoughts. Not a great handle, but flashes everywhere else. A large, a wide range of outcomes for him, in my opinion. Our next questions are from Super Curry Fan 30 and he asks for my opinions on Chris Livingston, Leonard Miller, and Imani Bates. I first I'll say I think that Leonard Miller is very far ahead of the other two as prospects. I'll start with him because positivity is the name of the game. He is the epitome of fluidity and and flexibility at I guess not in this class because there's Wemby as well but I wouldn't I wouldn't think you're crazy if you project him to be a lead ball handler um, because his handle 
for someone 6'10", 6'11", is crazy advanced. Uh, and that handle is unlocked because his body moves in a way that someone that height should it shouldn't be able to to work like that his body moves i don't want to because this is like the peak of like movement skills comparisons is shay but and but he kind of moves like shay uh that's how shay gets open the way he does that's why he's such a good self-creator is because he knows he can bend himself in weird ways his crazy start stop athleticism uh he can like one the word i think i used for leonard miller in my scouting report for him last year was like aquas okay it looked a lot better in writing but he moves like water moves the you could say, oh, there are two people in front of him uh, on this ball screen action. He is not getting to the rim, and then he gets to the rim because he moves in a way that you just didn't expect. And I think that unlocks so much for him, and it it, it is Happy Gilmore philosophy-type stuff because you see that, and you see, oh, he can get to the rim like that. He can move like that. I can put other skills around that. Those are easy traits to build a competent NBA player on. It's a strong foundation. So even though he is raw right now, and he is, there there's just always that glimmer of hope because he can do things that no other NBA player can do. Um, and I have faith in like all of his traits. Like of course they're not all gonna translate. But I see reasonable outcomes where each one of them does. Like his defense was really bad at Fort Erie. But he's long and he understands the game at a solid enough level. And he gets around screens really well. When he's locked in, he causes havoc at the point of attack. So I wouldn't be shocked if that works out. Like his shooting, it obviously needs work right now. There is no form on Leonard Miller's shot, it changes like every single time he throws it up. But the fact that it still goes in, like he's a certified touch god. Uh, you see it sometimes in the paint. You see it sometimes on the shot. There's something there you just can't teach, but you know what you can teach? You can teach a shooting form. Uh, and I think that is what an NBA team will plan to do. That's what the G League Ignite is doing right now. I think right at this moment, Leonard Miller is practicing his shot um, because that that it was smart of him to go there because the NBA coaching that he'll get is going to be huge. I wouldn't trust a college coach to necessarily drill that shot out of him. Um, so yeah, I plan on having Leonard in my lottery. It'll be interesting to see how the fit is in the G League Ignite. I think the development stuff is great for him off the court, but the fit could be clunky. There's not a ton of shooters uh, in some of those lineups. Like their five prospect lineup would be Scoot, Mojave King. I think that's how you say his name. Uh, 
Leonard, Kisoko, and Abagidi, uh, F.A. Abagidi out of Washington State. Uh, and I, poof, they don't, they're not going to hit a lot of outside shots. And eventually, if you're not hitting outside shots, you're hurting the development of not only you, but your entire team. So I don't know if you can play all of those guys at, at one time. But I do think making him play off ball more is really good for his development because he's not going to be a 100% on-ball option like he was at Fort Erie. He'll need to learn how to play off of other ball-dominant creators because wherever he goes in the NBA, they're going to have a high-level creating option. Like, Who are the teams out there that are still looking for a high-level creating option? Like the Spurs? Ah... I guess the Wizards don't have one for the future, but there must be someone I'm forgetting. I mean, the Jazz. If he comes to the Jazz, he'll be the 100% uh, 100% usage creator that he wants to be. But it'll be interesting for his development both on and off the court. Like When I say off the court, I don't mean like he has ethical issues. I mean when he practices. So that's my take on Leonard. I expect to have him lottery. Next up, Chris Livingston. I am a lot lower on him than Leonard. Um, He feels like a dude who either go back for a couple more years of college or head into the draft and get picked late second round. Uh, His half-court creation is pretty terrible his handle is so loose uh it feels like he wants to be a big wing creator at times just like a tall long shot maker a la paul george but he's just not in the half court i'm much more comfortable with him sitting in the corner and spotting up i don't really love his off ball movement stuff it was all right And even his shot is sometimes inconsistent. There are times where he just floats on offense. I didn't quite get the the ranking being as high as it was. Maybe I was just watching the wrong games. But I saw saw a few, and he was never wowing me. I was never like, this dude can be a high-level creator in the NBA. And that's kind of what his archetype feels like, what he wants to be trending to. But there are some benefits. I don't think he's a bad player. I still think you'll get drafted. Uh, his passing sometimes, there were some interesting flashes, but more as a system passer because I don't think he'll be creating the advantages to bend the defense and create the looks on his own. His defense... He floated less on defense. He isn't someone that's going to lock up man-to-man on a consistent basis, but he has a high energy level on that end, and he uses his physical tools really well because he is a good athlete. Like He jumps really high. He moves side-to-side pretty quickly, and he's strong, and that tends to translate to, to good defense. And then in transition, he's great. He makes the right decisions more often than not. And 
very hard to stop when he has a, a head of steam. But that type of energy wing isn't... Like, I know I was just raving about them for the Pelicans, but I, I wouldn't give that a first-round projection because it takes a lot of things to break right for you to make an NBA career off that. The Pelicans just have dudes where it broke right, in my opinion. Uh, I hope that works out for Chris, but I wouldn't be shocked to see him as one of the freshmen that disappoint based off their 24-7 rankings. And then uh, Amani Bates feels almost like not quite. It's hard to talk about him at the moment because of, like, I mean, the charges going on right now. I was never, I don't want to sound mean, but I was never high on him as a pro. I, I mean, never is too strong. When I was in, when I was very young and I was seeing him on the cover of Sports Illustrated, yeah, I was in. Then once I started watching his games, you could see like the the, the flaws were were there. Uh, he's not an elite athlete. In fact, he's pretty pretty poor uh, in that facet of his game. He's his burst is bad. He doesn't get high up when he's finishing. Doesn't slide super well. And his speed isn't great. So when you when you're a bad athlete like Jabari Smith Jr. has athletic flaws, but I wouldn't classify him as a bad athlete. But when you're a bad athlete, you have to do other stuff really, really well. And I think he can make shots at a very, very high level, but he just didn't show it last year. Because uh, if you're not going to create at a very, very high level, which I don't think he will, I don't think his passing is good enough to do that. I don't think. He'll be able to do that without a screen consistently because how short his arms are, uh, how poor his athleticism is. He's not getting to the rim consistently. You need to be able to make a lot of movement and catch-and-shoot threes. I think that should be his archetype moving forward is as like an off-ball whiz. And that's going to be hard, and I don't love his fit. Uh, at this small school that he's going to is going to ask him to self-create at a very high clip because that's not what he's going to do in the NBA. He doesn't have the physical tools necessary to do that at the next level, and that, which translates over to his defense as well. It's bad. Um, so, yeah. Uh, it'll be tricky. I don't think... I wouldn't draft him at this point. I feel bad for him. I feel bad for the pressures that the media and his family put on him. Because putting a 15-year-old on the cover of Sports Illustrated just isn't the way to go. You're asking for him to mess up. Like, pressure is is what cracks eggs. It, it can make coal into diamonds, but... It could also just break you, and I don't blame him for for what's happened. I don't. I th- I think this is the level of prospect he always was. It's not his fault that he was a solid prospect that was hyped up to be the best as LeBron. It's not his fault, and I just feel bad. Um. So yeah, I hope. I hope I I say this for all the prospects that I say negative things about, but I mean it especially for Amani. It would. 
be just wonderful if he unlocked his potential. If he ends up creating an NBA career, I'll be so happy because he's got a lot of stuff stacked against him right now. So I'm rooting for Imani. That's where I stand on him at the moment. Um, And then the last one in the 2023... Oh, wait, no. We have two more from Super Curry Fan. Sorry about that. The next few scouting reports. I mean, I'll be doing smaller ones in my lottery preview pod. That's coming soon. As for writing, it'll be trickier. I I love doing it last year, but it isn't super time efficient because I'm pretty busy at the moment. Podcasting just makes more sense for that, especially, yeah, I only have so much time in the day and podcasting helps me reach a greater audience than writing and it just takes less time. So if you're asking for my next written scouting report, I don't know. They'll happen at some point. I'm not done with writing. Uh, but my next spoken ones will, I'm thinking, I actually haven't planned this out yet. I don't know why I started recording when I haven't planned it out. Maybe the Thompson twins. They're maybe the most fun to talk about in this class, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see how I'm feeling. That's really what this podcast is. We'll see how I'm feeling. If I feel like not posting for a month, That that's how it goes. You, you know that better than I do. Um, and then finally, he asked for my thoughts on Dariq Whitehead. Another freshman that I'm not quite as high on as the consensus. Because I don't super trust. I, people talk about him as an elite athlete. And I don't think he is that in the half court. It's tricky in high school to understand if a prospect is shooting tough contested mid-range shots because they're bored because if they can get to the rim every time and they're just not locked in that's one thing but if they can't get to the rim every time and they're shooting because they have to it's an entirely different thing and I worry about that with Derek. there were times where he was just clamped up and then he gets crazy elevation on a shot and he's an insane shot maker just bonkers. But I don't know how that works in like an on-ball creation role. I like his off-ball stuff well enough. I kind of I get a lot of shade and sharp mixed with like Ben Matherin vibes with Tariq as someone who's dominant in transition as a shot maker, as a decision maker, and as an athlete because with a head of steam, he's pretty explosive but in the half court operates in more of an off-ball role because his handle isn't quite there and his shot isn't qu- – his shot is – no, what am I saying? His shot is quite there. His shot is great. Um, but his rim pressure, again, isn't quite there. I, I'm not saying his burst is bad because this report is sounding kind of like Jabari Smith. No, his burst is better than Jabari Smith. There are times where he does get to the rim. So I'll have him ranked pretty highly. He's still in my lottery. But I don't see... Like, one of the comps that I saw for him when watching 
the one of the Montverde games was DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan is one of the best self-creators in the league. I don't see that with uh, with Dariq. I think Jalen Brown is a much better comp because Jalen Brown is actually probably better off the ball. But that's just where I'm at right now. I wish he didn't get hurt. I was really, really excited to watch Dariq, but I'll probably have him like around 10 as a sneak peek for my big board. And it can change if he shows he can get past college-level athletes, but we'll see. We will we will see. And now we are at the question from the rafter, the worst narrative about the NBA draft. And I'm only pretty sure uh, that I understand this question, but I mean my least favorite narrative about the NBA draft is... I mean, people just... It's not really a narrative. So actually, I don't understand the question. Uh, but I'll answer it anyway, because that's what we do here. Uh, it's actually kind of ironic, because what I was going to say is when people talk about prospects without without really understanding them, which leads to like bad comps, which is interesting for me to say right now, because I don't really understand the question. Um, but especially when they phrase it as if... They know the prospects. Like, I don't really know Tyrese Proctor. But you guys know I don't really know Tyrese Proctor. But if I came onto the show and I said, Tyrese Proctor is a top 10 pick. Um, I've seen him. I've seen his game. And he is an elite self-creator who can shoot so well. And he locks in on defense. And then I give some insane comp for him. That is a problem. So I'm mixing the two. I'm mixing people talking about the draft with this level of uh, knowledge and intellect that they don't really have and then giving bad comps because those catch on more than anything. Um, So yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying bad comps and this fake intellectualism in the draft before you actually know what you're what you're talking about. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll talk more about bad comps in the future because those really get get my goat. They put a bee in my bonnet. Uh, whoever did the freaking Julius Randle, Paula Boncaro comp makes me want to go bonkers. Still makes me mad. But alas, let's move on to the ever-awaited miscellaneous uh question part of the part of the podcast and then now to get to the segment that everyone was looking forward to the most the miscellaneous section because i know you don't listen to this podcast for my basketball takes because they're really not all that you listen because i am a compelling character and you want to know what's going on in my life. I, I understand my audience perfectly. So let's get into it. The first one we have is from King K, who asks, what is Jordan like? Uh, and for anyone who hasn't heard, uh, I'm currently living in Amman, Jordan, uh, in the Middle East. It's not, it's not some secluded part of the, of the U.S., uh, 
and I personally like it a fair bit. There are definitely things that I don't appreciate. Um, for one, all the buildings are like have to be by law built from the same rock or something. So there's like no color on any of the buildings. They're all like the same shade of sandy brown, which outline color sounds like something from a pretty stupid dystopia novel. Uh, but what do you do? It, when I got here, it was really hot, and I'm not good with heat. I much prefer cold weather, but I don't even like that. Uh, I'm very picky about uh, about my weather. Um, the main thing that I've been doing here is learning Arabic. I've done some off and on tutoring in the past, and then one ye- and then a one on one course. Uh, at BYU, and now I'm doing like six hours of Arabic a day, so I'm getting pretty dang good. Uh, let, let me let me try to speak in Arabic for you guys. Uh, cool. Astika el fansbo. Uh, wa cool, nas cool, uh, yoskunun fi dunkor bunker. Uh, and I promise that makes sense. I bet one of my fans, most followers, speaks Arabic and will say that made that was uh gibberish, but I'm, I'm, it was nice things, it was nice things. But for now, it's my own secret little code. Um, but yeah, I like Jordan. We do a lot of traveling. It, it, it's cool. It's different. It's something that I will remember. I'll, I'm here until December or early January, and then I'm heading back to Utah. But yeah, I'm having a good time. The worst part is that I can't record as much as I want to because the grind don't stop. Uh, next, from Stephen Curry fan 30, uh, who also asked the questions in the 2023 section, what is the best cereal? And I'm going to sound really boring, but I don't eat a ton of, like, the name brand breakfast cereals. Um, I, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of just sugary cereal in general. I mean, I'll eat Frosted Flakes if they're there. They're not, they're no Cinnamon Toast Crunch, but I'll eat them. I really do just like Cheerios and Honey Nut Cheerios. Anything else I try to steer clear from. But yeah, I'll, I can tell you my least favorite breakfast cereal, cereal, and it's Reese's Puffs. That stuff is actual garbage, and I don't understand how anyone eats it. And I don't understand how Reese's made such a bad cereal because Reese's Cups is top tier candy i i'd probably put it at number one we can get into this at another day but i don't understand how a people eat it or how b it was ever made but let me know if that's a a hot take and now uh the the highlight of the miscellaneous section questions about other people on fanspo this is primetime gossiping with your friend grant um 
Amdamon says one if you can have one Facebook creator on the variety hour and one on the B ball section, what you got? And then so for B ball, it's tricky. I could go with someone like Quack, who knows his stuff and just based off reading his work, I've never talked to him. He seems interesting enough, like as a individual that I could have him on a podcast. But if I were to go in a more strategic route, I would invite Ryan Hammer. And I don't think anyone, I don't think that'll ring any bells to anyone right away. He has five followers, I think, and he hasn't posted in months. But, but he is technically a Fanspo user and He's also like a big-time college basketball creator on Twitter. And then so if I bring him onto the podcast, I'll get his like three or 4,000 followers to pop on. We'll listen, have a great time, and he knows his stuff. So it might not be the answer you were hoping for, but when I can... So yeah, maybe not the name you were hoping for, but... I am always looking to increase uh, the name recognition of my brand. And I'm sorry, none of my uh, mutuals on Fansbo are going to cut it. What do you do? Um, And then for the variety hour is where it gets really tricky. Because I could go the direction of someone like Y or Josh Jackson Pog, who... Do not fail to make me laugh on on the website. I have not laughed harder uh, on Fansbo than reading Josh Jash and Pog. Uh, his, his post about like the bucket of marbles and and like how he was treated like a god by his classmates. I'll I'll find that and I'll link it when I release when I release this episode because it is electric um but i think i'll also be sneaky here and say i have gotten three of my real life acquaintances to join fanspo um and i think that would be better content creation if i could have one of them hop onto the variety hour because i've i know them i've talked to them in real life uh, and in Jordan, I don't get to talk to him as much. So this is really an obvious decision, but I feel bad that I kind of skirted away from both of his questions. So if I were to pick an active user, I would probably pick two. I'd pick Spurs Draft Dude and Quack. And we'll we'll just see what happens. We'll see what happens because... All I know, I got an eye for content creation, and my my spider sense is tingling thinking of that uh, thinking of that pairing. Uh, and then the final question is from the aforementioned Y. He says, "If you could meet one fanspo user IRL, who would it be?" And this, I mean, the answer is probably Y, but. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that because that's what he he knows the answer is him. 
I'm not going to give him that satisfaction. I, I see right through your little games. So then it gets trickier. Josh Jackson Pollock, as I said, is funny, but I also think he's about 10. And I don't think I can pick him without sounding like a, like a weirdo. Um, I could, hmm, there, I bet there's probably been an NBA player on the site before, because some, some of them take themselves way too seriously, and they'd be concocting fake trades, like, where their value is way inflated, um, so that would be cool, uh, it'd be cool to meet Zach, uh, because... Now he doesn't even seem like a real person. He's just a floating orb that makes fans vote run. Um, I could meet Andrew Otto, and we could finally square up like we've been hyping for so long. But at the end of the day, I think I might have to give in and pick why. Because everything that I've read that he has posted doesn't seem like something that a, a human being he, he doesn't feel like a person and i need confirmation i i don't know how old he is i don't i assume he's a he don't ask me um i don't know what he likes to do i know nothing about this guy i just know that he comes on fansbo and he says wacky things so i think the answer is why uh, I'm sorry for falling for his bait. I've been tricked. I've been bamboozled. I'm embarrassed. And I'm, and I'm ashamed. But the answer is why. And that is the end of the first Dunker Bunker mailbag opening episode. This is historic because eventually we're going to – I'm going to have to like pick, handpick questions that I want to answer because I'll just have them coming in by the boatload. So feel grateful that I, all of you made it into the very first one. We'll, we'll remember this. I'm confident. So I think it's time to say adios until the, until the variety hour. Um, as I said, I recorded this while I was back in, back in, I recorded the variety hour when I was back in Utah. So it's in person with two, two of my friends. One of them is new. You don't know him yet. He's so it's exciting. You don't know what to think. Uh, so it should be good. It should be good. And then my next episode should be coming out in a couple weeks. I have a plan for this one. I have an actual plan, and I'll be breaking new ground. This is where no draft podcast has gone before. Uh, with a combination of multiple genres. So leave your best guesses as to what this could possibly be uh, besides the greatest podcast episode ever released. But until then, adios. I will see you in the Dunker Bunker. Welcome back to the Grant Nielsen Variety Hour with Ashton Rowan. Hey. And get this, a whole new guest, two at the same time. Michael Fox, 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 Fox. Fox. I, I think his name is funny because it's like that of an animal. Gotcha. Uh, and also because his initials are MF. 
Mmm, yeah, that's a good swear word. One of my favorites. Yeah, same. Grant and how- Michael Fox also is in uh, Back, Back to, to the, the Future. future. Do you get that a lot? I bet you don't. Michael don't. J. Fox. <laughs> yeah. Are you a fan of Michael J. Fox? You know... If he was, if you know, if he was more of a basketball player, then absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> You're a big basketball fan. I am. I know all of the rules. Well, all I yeah. know is that whenever I talk about Michael Fox in my house, my mom is like, huh, you, you, you're hanging out with Michael J. Fox? And then she laughs really hard. Uh, my mom says that too. Funny woman. Yeah. <laughs> they're trying their best. Hey, Grant, do you ever want to get married one day? I would think so. But, I mean, I'm not about that ball and chain life right now you know yeah, yeah. like no woman can hold me down yeah true what that about you sense. do you i know you talked about how you, you are broken up and you're uh, but you're happy about it yeah <laughs> happier but, than ever I, yeah. yeah but the thing is um <laughs> yeah i would want to get married one day Sheesh. and find a companion for life kids uh many how many i just want to settle down with some children a wife you know, yeah. make a life for myself. Mm-hmm. Hopefully with a job what would, what, stuff like that. What would you name your first child? Um, Jaquise. <laughs> Good you? name. Probably Grant Jr. Oh. Yeah. That's pretty self-centered. Yeah. Do you think it's Ho- egotistical when fathers do that? Um, I think it's a healthy self-confidence. Mm. Yeah. So, Michael, you're really quiet. Are you shy? Uh, yes. <laughs> and I'm not much of a kid's guy, so this conversation is a little bit awkward for me. So, are you going to get married? No. Ooh. How come? Marriage, parriage. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like that, that Bachelor Life is for you. Yeah, batch- if you've ever seen The Bachelorette, I'm very similar to <laughs> one of the men on that show. Yeah, one of the ones that doesn't get picked because exactly. you don't get married. Well, but like everyone, the audience know they should have been picked because they're yeah, the best. because yeah, they were yeah, the highest. I, yeah, and because their name is Michael Fox. Fox, 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 Fox. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I came with another segment today. And I give you full permission to Just, dive right in. So this is the same segment as last time, the weekday update. So <clears throat> I came for new updates for this weekday. So once again, this is going to be basketball related, and I did not plagiarize this segment from anybody. Nice job. <laughs> Respect. A vegan Florida mom faces sentence in starvation death of son. <laughs> good that's, start. <laughs> that's the biggest vegan choke since Chris Paul in every NBA playoffs. That's good. Michael likes it too, right? That was good. Why do you like it? Probably because it's a point. Because yet. Chris Paul is a choker in the playoffs. Mm. And we all know that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Especially us basketball fans. <laughs> all right, here we go. Canadian ban on importing handguns will kick in this month, says Minister. He added that the ban on Kyrie Irving will continue until further notice. That wasn't great. Thanks. Definitely the worst one you've said so far. Okay. (laughs) I wasn't listening. You did not miss a thing. I was preparing for my segment. I'm sorry. (laughs) Stay tuned. Okay. (laughs) This is my next one. Utah-based Lions Not Sheep Apparel Company fined for swapping made-in-China tags for made-in-USA. Adam Silver was not available when reached for comment. Uh, that's pretty good. Get that it? Okay, good thank one. you. Yeah, I like that. Okay. I especially, I mean, I stopped listening after the Lions Not Sheep part because that's like, I just like kept thinking about how much I like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So but it's, it's I bet the rest, of, the rest of it was good, though. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I, 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 it was a question. <laughs> was it? Oh. <laughs> Adam Silver? Closer to the microphone, yeah. Michael. 
Adam Mike, Silver. The Michael of. Here's my last one. Okay. California regulators fine Amy's Kitchen $25,000 for safety violations. It remains to be seen if Amy's Kitchen will still be allowed to play away games. Uh, that's good. I missed the joke, sorry. <laughs> Michael, you don't get it because you don't get basketball. Hey. Whoa, 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 whoa. Dude, I, this, I haven't had to say this yet, but this podcast is like a place of respect. Yep. And that just like wasn't cool. Yeah, I guess. So, apologize. I'm sorry to the listeners. I'll put out a note screenshot soon. How about you're sorry to Michael? <laughs> I'm sorry to Michael Thank and you. the listeners. Michael Fox. Right. Michael Fox. I think we're all good now. So, yeah. Michael. Yeah. Do you have anything to say? Should I jump right into my segment? Uh, yeah. What's it called? Uh, basketball rules explained. Inside <laughs> 16 common rules. Oh, that, that, should, that could be important because we talk a lot about basketball. And if you don't understand the rules. Yep. So, okay, should I just jump right in? Mm, or Ashton, okay, what do you we'll think? Wait. Yeah, jump right in. Jump right in? Jump yeah. right in. Okay. Jump it in like it's the, like, a, like a pool. All right, guys. Water is wet. Come take a dive. Vominos. Okay, so this segment goes out to all of you listeners who are struggling to learn the rules of basketball, um, but understand, like, the lingo, like <laughs> I do. Except I understand the rules. So this is coming from my heart. Okay, number one. What are, what are the rules of basketball? <laughs> so a very common rule with basketball um, seen in the NBA and other um, organizations is that there's only five players per team on oh. the court. Now what's interesting here is that there are actually only two teams playing at a time. One plays against the other on the same court. Uh. So in total, there will be 10 players and two coaches and some assistant coaches. Which brings us to a total of 120 toes on the court at one time. I don't think you're... I would say 100 toes on the court and 20 toes out of bounds. Okay, well, there's the benches, too. When's the last time you saw a coach play basketball? (laughs) Recently. (laughs) Give me a date. Give me a date and a time. February 14th. That is not very That's Valentine's Day. Yeah, that is six months ago, coach. Yeah, I think you might be dumb. All right. Okay, well, (laughs) Ashton is irrelevant. Uh, Before you go on to your next rule, I do think that we should all vote on if we think that rule is good. Like if we oh, think that's it, actually a great idea. If it benefits the sport. Okay. So, I mean, I would say, yeah, I think 100 toes is a good amount of toes. 100 toes? More than that, you get kind of, like, claustrophobic. Yeah. Okay. And less than that? And less than that, I'm just, I'm just, like, craving for more. Um. Okay, for me, I think 60 toes would do it. Three Ooh. each team. Yep. You have one um, defense and two strikers. Oh... <laughs> Okay, I wait, like wait. that plan. Yep. I think, okay, what is a rule, like a sports rule, like that you guys think should be a rule in some sport? That's like not super unrealistic. Like one that I think should be a rule in baseball is that the ceremonial first pitch should count. That's the stupidest thing yeah, I've ever heard. Right. No, you have <laughs> to, you have to, it, that's the segment. What? What? Come what are you talking about? Never mind. That's that a terrible rule idea. Jeez, dude. Then no. they would never get women to pitch. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to have to cut that out. <laughs> I'm not going to. I had to poke fun at you. Dude, you're going to have to cut that out. No, he's not. 
No, he's not gonna have lying, to not out. sheep. You're gonna have to cut that out. <laughs> um, so you didn't answer the question. What do you think about the hundred toes? No, yeah, that's just the right amount. Oh, okay. So it's a two to one vote. So in our basketball league, we have a hundred toes. Yep. Because we're making one because we love basketball. Gotcha. Okay, that's what this segment is. Okay. That, but you had that planned. Yeah. Yeah, good. Yep, I was just revealing it. Um, Sorry for ruining your right surprise. Right now. Yeah. Okay. Really no, it's okay. Okay, number two. This rule is very interesting to me. Tell me how you guys think. It is... <laughs> <laughs> really well. <laughs> <laughs> you have to score more than your opponent to win the game. Yes, you heard that right. To win the game, a team must score more field goals than the other team. Again, uh, there points. are only two teams uh, um, on the court at a time. Usually, typically, 100 toes, 10 players. Mm-hmm. Huh. So, uh, I, <laughs> I think that is... I mean, I think it makes sense. I think yeah. it's kind of basic because... Like, everyone loves golf, right? Yeah. And you don't score as much in golf. You know what they say about golf? What do they say, Ashton? A bad day of golf is better than a good day of work. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that at work today. Yeah. Yep. I was just thinking about that 18-hole course. <laughs> I was just, like... I was just thinking smell about of the grass. those 18 greens. Yep. Yeah. I was thinking of all those water hazards. I was thinking sand of bunkers. An eight iron, a nine iron. Fantasizing about those <laughs> long walks. A driver, <laughs> some golf balls. Oh, I was thinking about my putters. Yeah. I was thinking about birdies. I was thinking I was I was even thinking about bogeys. Ooh. Eagles. Wait, Bojan Bogdanovic? That's his nickname for him. Were you no. Oh. No. Uh, I bet he doesn't golf that much. Like he... over par. Yeah, wait. Oh, what yeah. Too tall to what golf. basketball players do you think play golf? Stephen Curry. Michael that's Jordan. what I was going to say. That's... Michael Jordan plays lots Not of... Not that that's Have the you only seen Space one Jam? I know. He got a hole in one. True. In Space Jam? In Space... Remember? Yeah, no, dude. I, I haven't remember. seen Space Jam in so oh, long. Oh, it's because he hit it and then... But the Looney Tunes were underneath... Underneath the earth, yep, and they magnetized his yep. ball to go into the hole, yep, and then he looked in to get the ball, and then they sucked him in. Yep. What? And How then, else do you think oh, they got yeah, him? Oh yeah, at the beginning of the movie. And then yeah. hijinks ensue. Wait, Grant, what's your favorite basketball movie? I think basketball movies are garbage. Uh, I like Hooters. I wanna Hooters. <laughs> Who's what? It's Hoosiers. It's Hoosiers. <laughs> you like Hooters? Stuff. I do like, I, Michael loves Hooters. It brings me to my my favorite. Do you like restaurant? I mean, I think the food is good. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> never tried it. <laughs> uh, why, I think. Why do you think basketball movies suck? Because they just don't make good ones. Yeah. What do you mean? They're unreal. Name Hoosiers. one. Dude. It's only... That, name, that movie is fine. You don't it, think Hoosiers It's a wannabe or remember the Titans. Maybe. Name one good basketball movie besides Air Bud. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I do want to see <laughs> Hustle with Adam Sandler. Yeah, that's what I was about to ask. Um, but I've seen it being rated very highly. i see it being rated R. That was oh, my favorite part. Sheesh. Raunchy. R for raunchy. Yeah. Dude. R for rated... <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, but I at this point, I might have to say the first Space Jam because I just enjoy it so much. See, that's a good basketball movie. Did, oh. did you like the second one? You basically, have to kiss to get in the microphone. 
Speaking uh, of person. <laughs> no, it's... We don't. <laughs> I've actually been recording with you two for 12 minutes, and we haven't even kissed once. Uh, <laughs> All I would say Exaggeration, is... dude. Oh, yeah, my bad. I, I'm not one, great two, three, with... Four, one, two, three, four. four! One, two, three, four, make a wish. Everybody comment on Grant's fans page and make a wish. The best wish gets a shout-out next episode. Oh, we'll oh. pin ya. <laughs> yeah. We'll comment more get pinned. Oh, I am the... The moderator of the NBA uh, fans vote, so I could I can pin any post that they make. That also means he can ban you if you don't yeah. make a comment. So. Mm-hmm. And I will. I love to ban. Yep. How many people have you banned on fanspo? Well, based on purely technicality, zero. Banning isn't an option. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <Can>? But. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Didn't you ban somebody for saying the slur? I can suspect. Suspend indefinitely. <laughs> okay. So I so, suspended yeah, that guy banning. for like three years. Uh-huh. But there's no ban button. Ah, I can't. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Next. Okay. Wait, wait. We didn't. We didn't vote on the last rule. Oh. I said it was good. Oh yeah. I okay. Think well, I think good. it would. Um. What would really happen if um, you know, it was the least amount of points? is trade would be completely altered, you know? <laughs> yeah. So free agency would become... Free agency would become about the worst basketball players. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what I was thinking, too. <laughs> and that's why this is interesting to me. So what I propose is a one-week um, period of time where we play the least amount of points wins and i propose we do this in the nba finals oh i'd <laughs> <laughs> oh, like to hear your reasoning uh but first uh ashton ashton hey ashton yeah get off your phone i wasn't on my phone oh frig it's over recording they can't they can't back it's, me up he said he said <sighs> my word against yours wait no i was here too I also didn't see him on his <laughs> Two against one. All right. So he gave me a, that was actually a really compelling argument, and yep. I vote for your plan. Thank you. Because it, you have to be versatile. Because yep. right now, they only are ever good at one thing, and it exactly. makes me so mad. Like, exactly. even a trained monkey could do that. Yep. But a trained monkey can't do two things. True. <laughs> <laughs> trained monkeys are dumb as heck. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that chimpanzees are actually, like, as smart as humans? That's not true. They don't even talk. Yeah, when's the last time a chimpanzee made the MC squared? <laughs> Never. Gotcha. Yeah, dang. I don't even know so, how to argue with that. Would you want to vote real quick? Yeah, I think that's a good rule. Okay, we have to move on to okay. a new rule. New rule? Okay, this is actually a mix of two rules. Oh. Well, it's not a mix. It, they're two separate <laughs> rules. Okay, good. Okay, first rule. Illegal contact results in a foul. Second rule. <laughs> Illegal <laughs> contact results in a personal foul. <laughs> uh, so true. <laughs> so what do you think about that rule? Um, it's weird to me. Um, I just don't know how refs can decide whether it's a foul or a, a personal foul. Hey, I, I, I missed the next one. Oh. Contact results in a flagrant foul. <laughs> Wait, con- that's just all that's all the rule is? 
No, it's actually, this one says excessive. I oh, took that one out. important. Yeah, but this one says illegal and illegal. This one says excessive. Okay. So what do you... Oh. Okay, all... The last six are actually all about fouls, and that's it. That's kind of lame. Yeah. Fouls are like... It's the worst part of the game. Yeah, it just slows yeah. it down. It ruins the flow. I love flow. Flow yeah. from progressive. I was going to say that. Oh, speaking I like her of, a lot more. Who's that other progressive guy? <laughs> Bernie oh Sanders. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he's the. What color is his skin, Grant? <laughs> he's love sidekick. <laughs> oh the oh yeah. I don't. Does he have a name? Uh, he must have a name. Yeah, he probably. Ashton, does. look it up on that phone of like yours. Like the pine trees lining the winding road. <laughs> I've got a name. I've got a name. Progressive staff. Flow from progressive, assistant. This is electric moment. Uh, doesn't show anything. Let me look it up. Yeah, I don't think that he has a name. Yeah, I don't think so either. Oh, you didn't look that up. You look flow from progressive, assust a app. <laughs> 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 I'll spell it out for you. Sometimes I a s s u s t space a f. Okay. Uh, um, flow um, from progressive is assust a f. Holly Austin. <laughs> Um, That's the flow actor, actress, commercial cast, young and an actress. Uh, dude, who he are the characters? Have a name. On, I'm telling who are you. the characters on the progressive commercials? G- give me a name. Is there really no name? That makes me yeah, so mad. Yeah, I think mad. it's just flow, dude. Only no, flow. there's another person. I know that. Well, there's yeah, like four other people. It. There's a bunch of other people. Yeah, but no one cares about them. This dude is like the second main. He's like, there's there one, he is. There's the one with the voice like this. <laughs> Twelve best progressive commercial worst. cast with their photos, 2022. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, there's Flo. There's who's this guy? Doctor Rick. Oh, he is funny. Oh, of uh, <laughs> Motar. Uh, Rodney. <laughs> Oh, Jamie. 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 Oh. Jamie. That's right. Uh, <laughs> that took two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we definitely should have just remembered that. Yeah. Yeah. I had someone uh, say that the Variety Hour is their favorite part of the show. Who said that? Uh, the Raptor. He's one of my favorites. Was it because of my guest segment? It was after yours. Oh. Yeah. They're going to like this one better. He said that, uh, well, I then said <laughs> that... I'll go to New York and do comedy shows because he convinced me. And he said he'd go to every single one. Oh. So, well, shout out like the rapper. It's like $10. <laughs> so I hope. Uh, going to be a rich man. I hope everyone likes. Uh, Toronto? Comedy. <laughs> I like comedy. <laughs> Most people do. Yeah. What's well, your, what yeah. do you like about comedy, Grant? I mean, I love laughing. Yeah. Uh, it just kind of makes me feel alive. Yeah, it's true. Like, yeah. well, I mean, do you like laughing, Michael? I would say yes, as long as it's not at somebody. Hmm. Right? It's lame. Well, uh, it's just laughing with somebody. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's better to laugh with somebody Come than on, at guys. somebody. I guess that's true. If you have to compare, then yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you do have to compare. Oh. That's what this world this is This world about. is full of comparisons, Grant. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and yet, no more rules? Oh, no, I do have more rules. Hold on. I'm glad. <laughs> Hurry. Well, we can talk Ashton while he's doing yeah. that, because everyone liked our last Variety Hour. Yeah, true. 
So what we talked about all sorts of fun things. Um, childhood. Mm, childhood memories. Love childhood. Yeah. Yeah. What's your What's your funniest childhood memory? What was the stupidest thing you ever thought as a kid? Well, let what are you? Oh as wait, kid? stop, stop, hold on. Okay. The ball and the ball handler must remain in bounds. Oh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that is a rule in basketball. So, Ashton, what do you count? Would freshman year in high school count as childhood? As, like, <laughs> stupidest thing? Yeah. Hmm. One time I drank a cup full of salt. Well, it's the- not really drinking. It literally was drinking. It was, yeah. But that was thrust on you by a religious leader, and that's the problem with religion. Yeah, especially the thrusting part. Sheesh, that yeah. was uncalled for. Yeah, forcibly. <laughs> forcibly thrust into your hands and you had to drink it you had no choice yeah in front of a class it's kind of like servitude indentured even mm-hmm. that's my least favorite it no, was kind of like the enkiomenda system Ooh. encomienda and i think it's encomienda yeah michael's better yeah i give him a five i'll give you a four <laughs> <laughs> yes. okay out of what five five oh. are you dumb no, I give you, you a three. I'm not, I'm not it's dumb. going down, Ashton. <laughs> this is going down for real. <laughs> What's your favorite Florida song? A Florida song? Yeah. Florida? Yeah. Um, Florida. Low? Yeah, it has to be low. Featuring T-Pain? Gotcha. Yeah. Mine is the I, one that goes like... She hit like, the flow. It's Next game time. Boop, boop. I don't know that it's one. Game time. It's like the greatest drop of all time. Yeah, it's lit, bro. What's your favorite song, Grant? Probably low of all time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all time hmm. low. Well, I can't. I can't say of all time. But recently, I've been listening to Mr. Perfectly Fine by oh, Taylor Swift. Taylor. Yeah, Ooh, and that song kind of goes hard. She's like really sad, but he's just doing fine. Yeah, perfectly fine. It reminds me of a relationship. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> between a man and a woman. The end of a relationship where the man is fine and the woman is not. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, you know who's a great philanthropist? Tony Stark. And is a woman? Oh, mm. Mackenzie Bezos. No, Ellen DeGeneres. Melinda Gates. No, Michelle Obama. No. Ooh, hot take. Ooh. Give me one more guess. Mich- uh, Oprah. Yeah! yeah you nailed it! Oh! <laughs> you get a car. You get a car. Oh, that was so, so hype. <laughs> that was the most electric variety hour moment. <laughs> I would say, like, the entirety of my podcast up to this point. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, have, I haven't recorded the actual basketball part of this episode yet. Ah, so no. Understandable. But I, I, I bet it's going to be just, like, so boring and lame. Yes. Yeah. I only started this podcast so I can talk to you guys more. Yeah. Yeah. And also the money, because I love money. Yeah. The, I, I bet the cash flow. Well, I mean, it's really not about, for, it's yeah. also not about the money. It's about sending a message. It's about the love of the game. Oh. Michael gets it. Michael reference, gets it. Reference, reference. Uh, everyone, everyone who calls out the reference gets a free shout out. Dude, but f- no free ads, dude. No free ads. Oh, it costs money. <laughs> <laughs> Are your fans full followers rich, wealthy? Uh, <laughs> Comment if you are. Uh, no one heard what you said, Ashton. You have to be closer. <laughs> no, I yelled it so that they could hear me. Fans with followers, comment if you could hear them. If you could, I'll give you a shout out. And uh, money. Comment, comment your <laughs> tax bracket you on Grant's, <laughs> on Grant's fans page. Well, they did a, there was a poll recently 
that was, how old are you? Yeah. Oh. And an overwhelming majority was 0 to 18. Well, that wasn't... Did, 0 to 18? <laughs> Why did they not go younger? Why did they not split? It actually top? maybe was younger. I forget. I'm thinking about my acre analytics, but it was very young. I'll tell you that much. So they probably don't do taxes, is what I'm saying. Well, but their parents. Yeah. And a couple of users were making fun of how young the young the, the users were. And that made me laugh. Even though they're young themselves? Well, no, they, they're old. Oh. They're, like, grown adults. And that, like, they know how young the users are, and that doesn't stop them. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. Yeah. That's a really weird But thing. if, no, he, he listens, so it's not weird. Oh. Okay. <laughs> he's, a, he's, he's a dunker, Gotta so. Gotta respect your listeners. Yeah. He's a donkey junkie. It's a, that's the name of my DB. fan. He's Bunkered a DB. He's a DB. Yeah, I like donkey junkie more. He's a DB <laughs> with the MFs. Right? <laughs> GN. Yeah. <laughs> good good initials all around, I would say. CTM. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, we've been talking for 30 minutes. Not G- good. I think that's all we 30 have. 30 minutes. There we are. Mm, thanks for you that doing that. Thank you. You're welcome um, would be a better answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we can really stop talking. Wait, one more. Th- can I plug myself? Uh, yes. Thank you. Um, if you want, well, to- no free ads. I'm gonna plug myself. Okay, that's anyway. fine. That's okay. I paid to be on this podcast. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> if anybody would like to know more about the rules of basketball, please go to fanspo.com and follow. Me, Shiver Me Timbers. Shiver Me Timbers. Oh, still the best name on Fanspell, and it's yep. not close. True. <laughs> Are you a Timberwolves fan on the app, the website? And in real life. Yeah. I'm pretty sure... Michael Jordan. Your post about the political ideologies of Fanspell is the last one that I, like, retweeted. Or Basically, flamed. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember that. Well, it really makes me laugh every time. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Uh, yeah. We yeah. really shouldn't have put the independent option, though. Did everyone say independent? It, it was half independent and half liberal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, not it was equal independent, equal liberal, and there was like 5% Republican. Yeah. Uh, but now we're actually going to stop talking. Uh, and Ashton, say goodbye. Bye, fam. Say goodbye, Michael. See you, donkeys. And the rest of you, I'll catch you on the flip side. Adios.